0: this is north north, north south south
1: hey everybody tim kawakami here we are here for north and south with my very famous at least in japan co-host dylan hernandez of the la times we had a whole pre-show conversation that would be very interesting for people to listen to but we cannot put that out over the air um and uh that's is not that always the case like the pre-show conversations are the best stuff but well we got a little we got a little too, we we got a little too raw
2: there to probably <laughs>
1: Yeah, a little bit a little too, too much. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we had to like, we got a little deletion of, of, of some of that. But uh, Dylan, good to have you back on. Uh, we timed this specifically. Last. Hey, the Warriors are playing the Lakers to start the post-All-Star break. We might as well just have that game happen. I was at it. Uh, you watched it. See where we are on the morning after. You know, it's not the be all end all It's one game. But, man, you know, I don't want to – just be short, you know. Small sample size, and season plays out. And LeBron did not play, and so Gabe Vincent and Jared Vanderbilt and all the others. But the Lakers without LeBron stink, Dylan. Like you just look at that. This is not a good collection. Anthony Davis is very good, but it's just the rest of those guys. So so much Rio Hachimura, and you know Austin Reeves is fine, but he's not great. And man, they had to play him on Steph, and which was not a good thing. Um, so I'm gonna take my ESPN first take, you know, big picture swipe at this and say, Man, like I, I know LeBron is at the end, I know he's been passive aggressive, I know it's uncomfortable. They cannot be without LeBron James into the future. They cannot be without LeBron James. Dylan, your response.
2: Yeah, no, I mean I think honestly, it's been the same story really since right, um, right, since he and Anthony Davis have been here. I mean everything is built around those two guys right those two guys aren't going like they have zero chance right um it's the same thing with davis right i mean you have lebron out there and you don't have a anthony davis out there you're gonna have run into kind of similar problems you know i think last year they kind of caught lightning in a bottle a little bit in that uh you know especially you know that memphis series um you know they played in that first round you know uh i don't think the, they were, you know, the, the opponents were ready at all for Rui Hachimura. They just like left him open, hmm. you know, and he can knock down like an open jumper, right? But, uh, you know, I think they kind of re-signed him with the hope that he would kind of take that next step, right? I mean, he was, you know, kind of. I mean, you could see from the time he was in college, guy's a plus athlete, you know, um, but it just hasn't kind of translated into anything more, and he just seems to be a little bit stuck. Uh, you know, you brought up Reeves and the the Curry thing. You know, and we've seen variations of that pretty much all year. The guy can't defend, you know, and so, you know, a lot of you get, you know, for a while, at least they got him kind of playing with the first team again, you know, for a while. They kind of had him in charge of running, you know, basically kind of leading that the the second team. Uh, And really the opponents would just kind of go after him. Right. And that was a problem. So, yeah, you're right. You know, and I think they didn't, uh, you know, I think you could obviously tell they need shooting. They don't have it. Uh, that wasn't addressed at the trade deadline. Uh, They're in this kind of weird position because I think when you have LeBron James and he's as old as he is, you're kind of in win-now mode, right? But, um, you know, it's kind of, well, I think, you know, kind of like you mentioned, they see he's at the end now or near the end. And it's like, okay, how much longer are we going to keep mortgaging the future? At some point, we're going to have to kind of rebuild this thing. And obviously, whatever they saw out there, they they didn't think the price was worth it. So, but yeah, you know, they're, they're not in... Great shape right now, you know. I think you're kind of looking at right for both the Lakers and the Warriors. I think you're looking at mm-hmm. trying to kind of avoid that play-in tournament, get to the sixth seed. You know, Lakers are they're like Lakers and Warriors. I think they're ninth and tenth right now,
1: right? You know, yeah. yeah. And so Lakers half a game yeah. over the head of the Warriors, but it, it's weird because they have played three more games, so it's hard to kind of yeah. factor all yeah. that out. But yeah. uh, given so the fact that, that this the Warriors, is
2: the yeah, you know, they look like the team more likely to catch them, frankly, at this point, right? And you know that nine and two last
1: 11 yeah nine and
2: two two last uh, 11 yeah the trace jackson david kid um to be honest i've never seen him
1: still yeah Yeah, he's been an interesting figure for in in warriors land uh yeah it's just this whole i don't like coming at it from the jesus the warriors look better than the lakers but they are in better shape they you know the lakers don't have a version of kaminga the lakers don't have a version of Pajemski. i mean reeves is uh, he's above those guys cause he's done it longer, but I don't know that, you know, is he that much better than Brandon Pajemski? cause Pajemski ended up being better than Austin Reeves. It's very possible. Uh, and they've got this trace Jackson Davis, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. He's an interesting and can be pretty exciting young center. Um, they got Draymond. Like, they just like, it's not a great team. I don't know if I'd put them like in a conference finals for sure, but like, Who's who's more likely to go on a conference finals run out of that play in sort of situation like the Lakers did last year the Warriors or the Lakers I just think that the Warriors even with LeBron over to the side and we know what he can do but I don't know that he can drag this group this group all the way there you know the Warriors played them tough last season you know six games they didn't play great but they played them pretty good um I think the Warriors are better set up I don't, I don't know that they'll get through they'll, you know you're going to run into a first round matchup that's going to be tough this year it's, it's going to be Minnesota or Oklahoma City or Denver uh if you are the 7 seed let's say you win that play in 7-8 play in and then you're going to be the 7th seed and you're going to play one of those teams uh but the Lakers don't have that so that's why like we talked a little bit about the Warriors you know asking about LeBron <laughs> they're better set up to have LeBron than the Lakers are right now they really are like you could put LeBron on them if they don't have to subtract too much and I don't know that they would have put Kaminga in that trade. If they put LeBron on this team and you subtract either Clay or Chris Paul, probably would have been Chris Paul at this point. Um they are a team that could win a championship. They could. Now I still wouldn't put them as a favorites, but the the Lakers with LeBron I don't I don't think are championship favorites. They, they I don't, don't see them getting through three rounds even to get to the finals. Uh I don't like taking that point of view as the person who covers the Warriors saying, oh my God, they're they are Better shaped than the Lakers, but and it's one game, but they're, they're just set, better set up for a lot of different things. They really are to get out of luxury tax, Laka Joe Laka told me last week to be a little flexible. The Curry still Curry, uh, Draymond comes back at a suspension, look like he might be out of the league, and now he's been very solid for them. They just have this interesting little depth to them, they have to figure it out. I don't know what the Lakers are going to do other than, please, please, LeBron, stay healthy. Please, please, AD, stay healthy. And even then, with the top side, uh, if this doesn't go well for the Lakers, Dylan, does, does LeBron not pick up that option? Are we talking about possibly him walking? I don't know where he would go. I don't know, you know, Orlando Magic or whatever. But do you think that's a live possibility LeBron is not on this team after, you know, becoming a free agent next summer?
2: I don't know. I just kind of got the feeling he, he, he just wants to be here for whatever reason, right? I mean, I, I go back even to when he first showed up here, right? It didn't really make sense to me from like a basketball standpoint, you know, um, right? Obviously, there's kind of, you know, he's he's obviously got like an entertainment empire now that he, right, that he likes to tend to. And, you know, I think part and of he it won was his
1: was, kids, He won his kids yeah, in his LA, kids. I think too. Exactly. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. the other part of it too. And so like, I don't know if, you know, again, and, and kind of like you mentioned, there aren't like kind of obvious fits for where, right. Where you can just kind of jump into a a contending team, I think so. Right. And, you know, and again, if you have a good thing going and you're a team, I mean, you know, bringing in a guy like that and right. You, you need to kind of have kind of the right elements around it to make that work because he's such a big presence. Right. I mean, it's, you know, you, we we've talked, I think on this podcast the last couple of weeks about Steph Curry and, this is what he means to kind of the culture there. And obviously uh, he accommodated Durant, which, you know, it's the type of thing I'm not really sure many superstars can do, you know. And so, you know, I, yeah, I just kind of, I don't know. I, I have a feeling, you know, because there's just been so many frustrations, I think, kind of over the years where he's kind of, again, kind of run that whole passive-aggressive thing. And At the end of the day, he's kind of still here, you know. Um, so my gut kind of tells me at this point, you know, he will – He will continue to be passive aggressive. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll continue to ask that the team do this and that. And if they don't, I'm sure he won't be happy about it. But kind of at the end of the day, I I still do see him staying here. I don't know.
1: And then yeah, the Lakers might not be too good. (laughs) You know, I mean that's the problem. Like you do, you stay there. You go, hmm. I I think the the Warriors certainly the people around them had some of that. Like Steph Curry is going to still be on this team. We know that, but how good are they going to be? When they're 19 and 24, it's a valid question. Uh, but now that they're whatever they're 28 and 26, I can't I can't remember what they are. Uh, right in that area, you like, okay, yeah. There's a real shot that they're decent. You know, they're, they're there's something there, and they're pointing to next season because they've got Kaminga and they've got Pajemski and they got Trace Jackson Davis, and they could do something with Chris Paul's salary. Um, like all these things aren't you know making you feel like they're the 2014 2015 Warriors, but they're a team that you can plausibly make an argument for. And maybe that's the best thing they can ask for. I'm not sure to I think they've kind of passed the Lakers and the that's a big deal. You know, it's not like you're just passing the Mavericks or you're passing the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This could turn quickly where could suffer an injury. They could go flat. The Chris Paul thing's going to be interesting. Really? Like how do you work him back into what part of the rotation uh, when he comes back, probably in two, three games Uh, do and they're very typical warriors they are kind of sending out signals publicly they kind of want him to feel it and hear it and maybe they're having these conversations in the locker room too like they're not going to mess up too much like they're not going to try to just completely revamp the rotation to make sure chris paul plays 24 28 minutes like he was before he got hurt and he was playing well i've defended him but you also don't want to screw this up and this is the best thing they've had uh, in a while uh, since like the you know game seven against the Kings last season. You don't want Brandon Pajemski to go down to 18 minutes. Like you don't want Kaminga to lose minutes. You don't want to screw around with that. You want the best thing for your team, but how Chris Paul deals with it is an interesting thing because what was the start of the season? Are they going to start Chris Paul if they doesn't start, what's he going to feel like, da, 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 doesn't close games, and then all through this, it feels like eight years ago, right, the Draymond suspensions, and all the things with Kaminga, and Steph's, you know, going through stuff, and Clay's for sure going through stuff, and it comes back to what's the stretch run, what if Chris Paul doesn't close games, what if he plays 18 minutes, how's he going to feel, they've gone through so much, I don't think they care that, I mean, they care, but it's not, not like, oh my god, like, you know, bated breath for how Chris Paul's going to you know, determine how we feel it's going to be winning. That's going to determine it. It's winning and losing. And if it's the best thing is for Chris Paul, not to play down the stretch and, and it will be, I think at times, because you weren't going to want Pajemsky or, or and clay in there. Uh, we shall see. it's a very interesting way that this season has evolved. I'm going to write about it at some point, but, um, it's just a very, you know, Chris Paul is a presence, but winning is sort of more important. Um,
0: Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: I mean, I still kind of like the guy, right? I mean, you, 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 you know, um, I don't know. I, I would try to find, try to figure out some way to like work, right? Work with that, obviously. And just because I, to me, he's just one of the, you know, I know he, right still title whatever but to me he's still one of the great competitors in the league um you know and we've kind of talked about right again the kind of the locker room interactions you know again a lot of times i don't think those things are necessarily indicative of you know right you, there's sometimes a disconnect between the guy that speaks to us and the guy you see on the court but to me he's one of those guys there there's very much a connection there you know and so i i've always just kind of right and and maybe it's just because i haven't you know <laughs> seen him as much as you know you have this year and right quite understand where he is from that standpoint but yeah i think you get you you know he's a guy that can definitely help you win basketball games for sure you know and well you me, look at
1: their big problems in the fourth quarter yeah their big problems in the fourth quarter they've been giving away stuff i mean if they had played well in the fourth quarter this season they'd probably be the four or three seed right now i mean they have given away five or six games no question with turnovers and you know unfocused play in the fourth quarter. And what does Chris Paul can do? He can get you focused. He can get you under control. You don't throw the bad pass, get you organized, you know, defensively rebounding. There are some issues, but like you got, you got to figure that out. Uh, I, I can see them. I can see Steve Kerr leaning towards him close games, at least. And that's a very important thing. Play that last five minutes, Play the last five minutes, of the first half. And if it doesn't work, then they go another way. But, and it's probably gonna be pretty quick, but it's an interesting issue, and they kind of knew it going into it, and now they definitely have it right now. Um, being the North and South podcast, we must have our Japanese baseball player segment. However, uh, the Dodgers continue to be the national focus. I'm watching their friggin' batting practice. Saw Yamamoto take a live batting practice, and, and and right, you and I were a little skeptical if he's gonna be be, be able throw the same amount of velocity but look like he was uh a lot of swings and misses um what's the vibe i know you're not there right now but you were there early like is this gonna work with yamamoto and is is there any stumble on the shohei otani train is or are there any signs that this might not be two superstars in the midst of the dodgers
2: yeah i mean i still have you know questions about yamamoto and the durability Right. Uh, You know, one scout that I spoke to who, you know, is a frequent visitor to Japan and knows uh, that league very well, you know, told me, look, this guy might pitch a perfect game at some point, right? He might throw a no hitter. Like when he's good, he's going to be really good. The question is, is how is he going to kind of adapt to pitching every five or six days as opposed to once every seven. Right. So I I think that out of the gates, I think he's going to be very good. You know, uh, one thing that did strike me was just kind of, he has like a certain confidence i think that i i don't always uh, necessarily detect in japanese players you know obviously it's kind of this um you know it's a culture where people kind of put themselves down a lot and right even you work because you're not worthy of something you know um and i just kind of remember like i think it was this, either his first or second bullpen session uh you know he had trouble throwing his splitter right balls are just kind of floating up a little bit and. Um, just right and you know that happens in Arizona the air is dry right pitchers from all walks of life talk about that that the balls don't break the way they do in other places and he was just kind of afterwards was just kind of very matter-of-factly yeah I'll take care of that you know sure enough next bullpen session pitchers were going where they had to go so it kind of like okay so he's a little bit different I think than you know than the other guys Uh, you know I know I think I kind of (laughs) as a kind of like almost like as a negative kind of compared him to like Kenta Maeda, my guess is he's going to be better than Kenta Maeda. But I think that some of the issues that Maeda have, again, are going to affect him in terms of, you know, again, the durability. To me, the question is, is like, how does he look in, you know, July, August, like when you're kind of getting to like the dog days of the season. Um, As far as Otani goes, it just seems he's, you know, I don't know, first light BP homers uh, seems like he's hitting the crap out of the ball. Um, seems like he's having a lot of fun too, you know, of all guys, uh, Teoscar Hernandez has become like his best friend. You know, they posted like a little
1: Man, video I see videos, of... videos, videos of those two guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, and it's funny, right? Because I think like as Americans, a lot of times we tend to be a little status conscious, you know, the Latin guys are all just kind of like, whatever, they'll talk to anybody, you know? So, um, you know, and I, I spoke to Hernandez a little bit, seems like a very friendly guy. I can kind of see why Otani likes him. Um, and so that's kind of the thing, too, is I think that there is this different vibe when I think, you know, in Anaheim, there was so much of this. I think Otani felt this is on me. Right. Like I need to get to the team to the playoffs where now he's in an environment where like October, honestly, is kind of considered a given here. Right. It would be a disaster. Right. And I, I, and I have serious questions, by the way, about that starting rotation in terms of how will that rotation You know, how much of it will still be standing in October, right? When you really need to throw those guys out there, you know, will half of these guys be injured? I mean, who knows? Um, That said, um, you know, they have enough guys that, that, again, can beat the Rockies on a random Tuesday. Um, They're going to win. You know, the expectation is that they absolutely have to win the division. They don't make the playoffs. It's going to be a disaster. Right. Um, You know, uh, just an absolute calamity for the organization. and. I think kind of being in this environment, he's able to kind of relax a little bit more, have a little more good time. You know, he looks around and he sees guys like, hey, you know what? That guy's a good player. That guy's a good player. That guy's been in the playoffs this many times. That guy's made this many all-star teams. And probably, you know, his... I think him being around better players has picked him up a little bit. Um, how are things over in Giants land? I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, obviously, they, they pulled that <laughs> surprise there. <laughs> Won the division from the Dodgers. But, I mean, is there... Is there any chance of anything like that happening here?
1: Hey, you know, who knew it was going to happen a couple years ago, uh, but there's not a lot of excitement, at least around the fandom. Uh, they were hoping for more and the Dodgers signed the two guys <laughs> that the fans and the, the Giants ownership wanted as Farhan Zayedi. told i like, Hey, we would have signed offered them $800 million too. Right. We would have done that. Uh, but they're not all stardom. There's just not stars. And, and, kind of wrote this I think yesterday. It's like, it isn't so much about them not being able to sign this free agent stars. I don't think anybody, you know, looked at Farhan Zaidi and say they're bringing him in to go get super. That's Dave Dombrowski, right? That's other people who do that, but he wanted to get one or two to supplement a great farm system, producing great players. And that just doesn't, has not happened. Uh, they brought up a bunch of guys, some of them last year by necessity, uh, None of them look like stars, though. You know, Patrick Bailey's a really solid catcher. He's going to be their catcher for five-10 years. That's great. He does not look you – know, he, he completely – his bat fell off the cliff at the end of last year. He just had played too much, probably. Uh, Mark Luciano's Pennsylvania's are starting shortstop. I think there's going to be some bumpy times with that. Uh, the hitting hasn't been great. He's got a lot of tools it had to come from that though and other than Kyle Harrison who is you know slotted to be their basically their number 2 starter also a young pitcher so you never know what's going to happen there there's just no star star power and when you're in the division with the Dodgers which is the ultimate amount of star power but are just trying to get through you know a tough series in you know September stars carry you through this like then you know, Buster Posey carried them through stuff Tim Lincecum carried them through stuff you know Pablo Sandoval, who is back in the team. Well, I don't know what the hell's going on with this non-roster invitation, but whatever. Pablo Sandoval is, you know, carried them through World Series games, and they just don't have that. So, and I, I do push back on saying you just got to get stars, got to get stars, because like you know, you got to win games. It isn't just about stars, but lacking them, you really feel it, and they felt it. Jung Liu, I think, is going to be fine. Probably an overpay, but. He's going to be fine. He's going to be better than anything else they've had at center field for a while. But other than that, I don't feel the stardom, uh, certainly not as good as the Dodgers, but of course, you know, then you get into a short series and see, I think they should got to sign one more, one of the Boris guys, at least one, maybe two Chapman's been penciling with them. I'm sure Bob Melvin would really like that. And it would help them defensively, which I think could be a problem. I was not a J.D. Davis you – know, I just thought he was terrible last year. He put some numbers up. But I just thought he was – any good pitcher beat him, and they had too many guys that just – if you put a good pitcher out there, they get beat. I like guys who like battle the tough pitchers, or you got to have at least two of them, and they had none of them last year. I think Chapman, we'll see, could be one of those guys, and we know he's such a plus, plus, plus defender at third, could help out Luciano, You know, cover some of that ground on that side of the infield. Um, and maybe Chris Nell, you know, another former Melvin guy, you know, they've got the money, you know, I think it, it, it does get to the point where, you know, maybe Zaidi or maybe somebody in there are so intent on not signing a bad deal that you give up the opportunity to sign a good one. And they haven't had a bad deal, right? They haven't had a Carlos Rodon extension, like a deal like the Yankees gave him. They haven't had some of those Trevor story sort of deals. Anthony Rendon, who I think we're going to talk. Let's talk about that in a little bit. But you also need to get one of those guys if you don't have farm systems, guys, and they don't. And they're in that combo period here, where I don't know. I mean, it just it's lack of excitement. Maybe they get off to a twenty and ten start, things will change. But it's just hard to say why people should really believe in this team. It's hard to say that. I try to be optimistic about smart organizations, and I think Farhan's. I he's very smart. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, and when you stare at the Dodgers, it's like you, you just that lineup is just so much better than the Giants. It just is. And we'll see with the rotation. Um, and i Walker Bueller and all these question marks, but like, they can just throw guys out there. Like even if two guys blow up, they can still throw guys out there. I don't know if the Giants can do that. If Logo Webb goes down. They're in trouble. They're already in some trouble. Their back end is not strong. Like, They could use to just spend some money. And if it's a waste, it's a waste. I think they almost have to do that. They're at the point where just spend someone—not not 300 million, but spend 180 on two players and see where you are. Chapman and Snell, plop them in, see where you are. If, it, if there are mistakes, there are mistakes. You're rich enough to be able to afford it. They just don't seem to be in that place where like, yeah, we're rich enough and we can afford it. They're just not there. Um, but let's talk about Anthony Radon. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how many, much dealings you've had with him. He seems like a very surly guy, a little bit of a, doesn't want to deal with anybody and got his money. Maybe I'm s- simplifying it, but him saying last week, first time he's talked in a while, been obviously been ridiculously injury prone through his these seasons with the Angels, has many more years left on a massive deal. But saying like, oh yeah, baseball's not a priority for me. It's my family and my religion, which I understand. Anyone can agree with that. But just saying that, that you feel like you have to say that tells me, baseball isn't even one of your top five priorities. Like you're just there as a job. And at some point you cannot be a good player if you just think that way. If you're just walling everything off, saying it doesn't matter that much to me, just if you're saying it, it means it really doesn't You mean, know, you're, you're trying to lessen the impact of a bad season. And that means you will have a bad season to me. Dylan, what was your thought about Rendon? <laughs>
2: Yeah. So I think, you know, and it's slightly related, you know, I did something with Mookie Betts when I was down at camp kind of right. There's this kind of perception, I think, you know, in and around the team, right. Some people questioning Betts' commitment, right. Cause he's got a podcast going on and this and that. Now, you know, with Betts, when I asked him, Hey, like, does this matter to you? He kind of went the other way. Right. No, absolutely. This matters to me. I, you know, even though I got like 50 things going on, I'm good at like switching my attention, this and that, you know? So that's kind of the way he took it. Now with, um, you know, and uh, like the thing is with bets, I'd kind of heard this for years and kind of my contention was always that like, this guy's like fundamentally very good baseball player, right? This guy knows how to read balls when they hit the wall. Like he knows how they're gonna kind of come off. Um, and that to me, if uh, to be good at the fundamentals, it means you have, you know, uh, become like a slave to repetition. And if you're not, right, and the only way you're willing to subject yourself to just doing the same thing over and over is if you care. And so, honestly, I think, like, with Rendon, it's more kind of his pride, I think, right, because this guy was a very, very good baseball player at some point, right, Uh, not just offensively, defensively. This guy was also very good. Um, Now, you could argue, you know, I heard he was a good basketball player and stuff in high school, too, so, you know, I'm not saying this guy's not, like, like physically blessed, but I think that also – Uh, he probably cares more than he lets on. And I think that it's just gotten one of those, you know, again, he's kind of got that, like, I'm too cool for school type thing, right? I think, you know, LeBron James's first year when he was in L.A., you know, playing with all those kids, and they didn't make the playoffs, you know, he was kind of like, you know, I think I asked him at some point, like, well, how much does this bother you that you're not going to be part of this thing this year? You know, and he kind of played, well, you know, what can I do type? You know, I can't remember. He he gave kind of a very – dismissive answer like no it doesn't bother me you know and when i see rendon that's kind of what i see now i'm with you in terms of when you kind of verbalize that and you've kind of already kind of taken that stance right you're you're you know you're giving yourself like a buffer right like you said you're couching um the potential of a bad season and you know especially the position that he's in right now i think you got to be all in all the time you know Uh, because the odds are probably that he's physically my guess is that it's because it's always something different too. Right. And what is it that Kobe said, you know, at some point you're not injured, you're just old and that's probably where Rendon is right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for him to kind of get back to that point, to me, it, again, it requires kind of full buy-in just to give yourself a chance. Right. And maybe the chance of him again, being the same player again is, I don't know, 5%, 10%, you know, and maybe that, full on commitment increases that only by five more percent right and so the fact that like you know okay the odds are long uh you know uh, and he's kind of couching it to me it's not a great sign you know i mean again i compare it to a guy i've seen right uh, you know one of the you can say whatever you want about his october record but you know in clayton kershaw we see this guy who okay if i have any opportunity to do something i'm going to like buy in a thousand percent now we saw that go very badly last year and, you know, game one of that division series against the, you know, against the Diamondbacks where he couldn't even get out of the inning. Right. And, um, you know, it went really bad, but he went in there with the conviction of like, I'm going, right. I can do this. And I think, that, you know, kind of to your point, that's where it kind of starts. And yeah, you know, and I think the the bad thing in Rendon's case too those, I think it kind of starts his corner-ish you know he doesn't have a corner locker but it's kind of close to like you know one of the corners there 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 is kind of this like bad vibe that comes out of that that room there you know and I think Mm -hmm. that if you're gonna have a guy that's gonna you know that that's you know just turned into like a money suck whatever I mean I always admired like Barry Zito right the the little that I saw of him right just the way he handled you know uh just not being very good after signing that massive contract with the Giants Um, you know, just because I think that stuff like that, I mean, it it matters because it affects the rest of the room, you know, and right now Rendon is just, it's just, it's all bad right now. Right. And they're, they're dealing with, you know, uh, right. Otani leaving. Uh, now you have trout coming out saying, um, yeah, you know, I want to stay here, but I might change my mind, which is a huge departure for him, you know, and now, you know, uh, friend situation obviously it's kind of the one thing that everybody's like talking it's become the thing that everybody's kind of the negative thing that everybody's latched on to now so yeah it, it's not a helpful situation i mean i i wouldn't be you know i don't know i think he's got like four more years left of that deal uh you know i'm get yeah, i wouldn't be shocked if we if we you know he doesn't get to the end of it and at some point they just release him i mean we saw perry manassian you know at some point he cut albert pools just released him you know uh, i wouldn't be shocked if something like that happened at this point I, it would surprise me just because there's time left on that deal, but uh, yeah, it, it's definitely not a not a good situation there.
1: I'd say uh, a lot, cl- lot uh, less than three years. It might be one more, one two more years. Just looking at this, what do you think is going to happen with Trout? I mean, could they trade Trout?
2: You know, that's the funny thing is I'm not sure how much like trade value he has right now either. You know, I think the 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 irony here, and this is kind of the problem that the Angels have, is that like he is they're the face of their franchise right now. Right. And, um, you trade him, he at least will help you sell some tickets, you know, and now you trade him; you're probably having to pay down half that, that contract. You know, I think around the trade deadline last year, I kind of floated that by, you know, different people around the league and stuff. And that was kind of the consensus, right? Is that like, well, you know what, if he were a free agent right now, he could probably still get 20 million a year Well, he makes close to 40. Hmm. So, that means you're paying down half just to get rid of the deal. That means you're getting like no legitimate prospects in return. Right? So now if you actually want prospects, you're almost having to buy them in a way, right? You pay maybe 10 million extra a year or something to to get better prospects in return. Obviously, you know, teams value, uh, I think, frankly, overvalue prospects these days, but they're right. They, they cost a lot of money to get. And so they're kind of stuck in this weird position where, okay, well, you know, um, I don't think he's going to ever force his way out. That's not his personality, you know? So in that case, if you're already, it's going to come down to Artie Moreno making that call. Um, You know, and it's tough. Again, he's a guy who plays, you'd be happy if you get 120 games out of him in a season right now. Um, And ironically, probably the one team that, that probably could really use him is the team that Artie Moreno wouldn't trade him to. And that's the Dodgers, you know, because the Dodgers have signed guys with the intention of, Okay, you know, they signed Rich Hill years ago. Okay, you know what? We don't need 30 starts. We need 20. Just make sure you're ready to go in October, you know. And if you treat Trout like that, uh, I think for the Dodgers, right, they wouldn't mind probably paying, you know, maybe they wouldn't, you know, require the
1: full. Hey, I can uh, think uh, of it. I can, I can think of it. I can think of a team in San Francisco that one might do a deal like that. Like you know, just say, yeah. well, we'll take you for 115 games and if we're in a playoff series, the other team does not want to play against Mike Trout, put you in right field can DH some, t- you know, can DH some, you're going to take, you're going to get some games off. And if you can figure out a deal where you're not playing, a paying a huge prospect, you know, upside and you're, you know, so maybe they take, take him for 30 million of that. Uh, I think the Giants would do that. Like, again, it's not the great young star that everybody wants, but it's Mike Trout and he might give, you three really good years and again you it's almost like a Steph Curry LeBron thing like just get him into the playoffs and we know with the expanded playoffs it's not going to be that hard to get in 86 wins could get you in Giants were not that far from that last season after the you know with a fired manager um I think they'd do that I I really I think the Giants I mean the more I thought I think the Giants would if they didn't have to give up Pal Harrison they'd give up just anything else in their farm system and they'd pay up on on maybe not 40 million but they pay up 30 they take that over and you go trout Jung Ho Lee you know I don't know who else they would have at <laughs> Lamont wait I mean listen that's not a great can Michael Conforto Patrick Bailey I just like you can make that argument in your head like this if you're a rich team this is how you do it and like you saying the Dodgers made me think like the Giants should be do- doing almost anything the Dodgers do to a less degree but they should be doing that sort of thing. It's kind of why they hired Farhan Zayedi. Like, Yeah, and the that's the thing, right? That, franchise I for, that's rich trying Hill. to do it.
2: Yeah, you know, I mentioned Rich Hill, right? Farhan was around when when that deal happened. So, yep. yeah, I think for sure, yep. yeah. now that you mention it, I could kind of see that. It'd be a little bit unconventional, you know, from the stance that, you know, again, with the Dodgers, again, October, it kind of seems it doesn't matter who gets hurt, right? You know, uh, they miss Mookie Betts for a season. They'll survive that. They'll get, they have enough depth to get there. Uh, you know, with the Giants, probably Trout becomes a little bit more, you know, plays a bigger role in helping them get there in the first place. You know, so. Yeah. Um, right. They might be a little bit more reluctant about the hundred game, game thing. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things, too, though. I, I do wonder, right. If you get Trout in now, all of a sudden does like, you know, whatever you have to pay to get Chapman in, does that become something you can stomach a little more? Right. You know, going out and make that yeah. extra investment, you know. Uh, Because sometimes I do think it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, again, you you mentioned kind of all the Boris guys that are out there. You know, none of these guys are probably going to change your franchise on their own right now. You know, right. And you brought up the idea of signing two of them. That's the thing, right, is you bring in like another superstar out of one or two of these guys. All of a sudden now, yeah, your franchise has changed.
1: You would be a team that even the Dodgers would have to go. Okay, you know what? We got to deal with these guys. I don't think you think of the Giants that way. Maybe Logan Webb is, you know, he's certainly been a good in playoffs. They, they got some but they wouldn't be. Oh my God, watch out! Now they, you know, listen. They've got Robbie Ray coming back from the, you know, injury. You would see how that Alex Cobb. I just think if they could figure out a way to get Mike Trout, that's how you leverage money. That's how you leverage money. Like other teams won't, what the White Sox, the, you know, the Rays, these other teams won't do it. This is how you do it. Uh, the Padres overextended themselves with these things. I'm just talking myself into it. I would do it. You know, I just don't think it would cost that much. Just talking. like, you know? and, if, if, and if the, you know, the alternatives to to the Dodgers, as you said, Moran's not doing that. So I'm going to convince myself on this. We're, this this podcast is going to be the Mike Trout to the Giants <laughs> pocket. It was the Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers podcast. And guess, look what happened, Dylan Hernandez. Look what it did. happened. It did. Uh, do it. Do it, cowards. Do it. Do it. Manifest <laughs> it. Uh, all right. We were going to talk about some other issues, Dylan, but we've gone too far. We're going to get into a media industry conversation at some point. It's too late in, in, in the proceedings right now. People seem to like to hear that. I think you and I have some you know, opinions on this, maybe not exactly the same, but we've both gone through some issues with places we've been in. We've had experiences. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on that, but we'll save that. Let's tease that for another episode, maybe when there isn't as much going on, but there always seems to be stuff going on, uh, but I eagerly await maybe next episode, maybe next week, we'll be doing a little media industry stuff. If you've got any, you listen to this and you've got any specific questions uh, you might want to fire at me or Dylan about the meeting in the street. I think we we would be more than happy to to answer a few of them if they're good ones. Dylan, you got anything else?
2: Uh, no, I got to get my more. I haven't had my morning coffee. So
1: <laughs> I oh, my goodness. Before, that, before
2: I get my withdrawal. Uh, I, I, right? Oh, I
1: have to have my coffee. No, yeah, no wonder you were so sleepy and drowsy. <laughs> and I had to carry you this episode. Usually it's the other way around. But Dylan, my back hurt. From hearing this podcast today, so I'm I'm, I'm happy for it. Any, anytime any time I can do it for you, Dylan. Anytime I appreciate. Carry me other other times. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sit by now. Right, bye. See ya.